Welcome to We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. I'm your host, Lauren Lee. And who am I? I was your wacky 10th grade English teacher who would occasionally rap a Shakespearean soliloquy, would always encourage a live performance of a book report, and would occasionally dress up in costume as Professor Dumbledore to host an ethics debate, who then, after nearly a decade, decided to take the massive leap of faith to attend a coding boot camp, switch careers, and dive deep into the tech industry. I've been surprised by how many of the skills and lessons I learned as an educator have translated to my role in tech. So that got me thinking, have you taken a non-traditional route to tech? Or are you interested in transitioning yourself? This is a podcast that aims to interview career changers and folks who are diversifying tech. We'll hear stories from people who've taken unique paths and chat about the skills that they've transferred to their roles today. We're hoping to create a space for people to learn from one another, develop confidence, and debunk the antiquated notion that a computer science degree is required to succeed in tech. Come on, everyone, let's dive in. My guest today is a front-end developer at Assemble Inc., who fell in love with the tech industry while working as a marketing manager for a JavaScript consultancy. She believes that user-centric development, collaboration, and strong communication help make better software. Since making the transition to software development, she has worked primarily in the JavaScript ecosystem and is particularly fond of React and CSS. She also helps organize the Seattle chapter of Write, Speak, Code, and enjoys speaking at meetups and conferences, most recently participating as a panelist at Chain React 2019. Her name is Becca Lee, and I am so excited to be chatting with her today. Welcome, Becca. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm just so happy to be chatting with you. Shall we start at the beginning? Sounds great. Okay, awesome. So tell me all about those experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry. Yeah, so I definitely am a person with a very non-linear career path. Um, if we yeah. travel way back in time, I actually went to school for fashion design originally. Oh yeah, but it ended up not being the right fit. And then I left college, you know, right when the economy was crashing. And so mm-hmm. I kind of got into this loop of working in retail and admin work, eventually finding marketing because I had Uh, been doing a blog kind of on the side and thought, oh, you know, those skills kind of translate, maybe marketing would be a good fit. Um, Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So through that process, I actually ended up uh, finding work at a JavaScript consultancy. And that's where I really had my first exposure to the tech world. And Mm -hmm. kind of once I had had a good taste of that and had kind of been able to clear up some misconceptions I had about what the work was, I realized that it was something I was actually really interested in and decided to make the switch to become a developer myself. Oh, awesome. Okay, so tell me how did you decide to well, that's how you decided to learn to code. But how did you exactly learn to code? Yeah, so I kind of started out just getting my feet wet with some online tutorials. And once I kind of thought, you know, maybe this is something I actually want to do. I enrolled in the boot camp at Code Fellows. Um, There were lots of different options to explore. But for me, it was kind of like, okay, I want something that has a good reputation amongst the developers that I do know. And I also want something that I can do pretty quickly because I had this feeling that if I did one of the boot camps that has kind of a longer application period, I might 
kind of lose my gumption and not do Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I decided to just kind of jump in. And then most of my learning has been through that process. And now, of course, you know, doing some solo learning and learning on the Mm -hmm. job as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is just building on top of that foundation that Codefellows enables you to make sense of. Totally. How did you find that curriculum that they put out? You know, largely, I found it to be really really solid. I think I knew it was going to be a lot of hard work. I wasn't necessarily fully prepared for the intensity of it. During my last class there, I was sometimes putting in like 100 hours of work a week, which was, Mm -hmm. oh boy, a lot, but ultimately really worthwhile. I think the one thing that was a little bit of a shock to me was actually starting my first developer job and realizing, you know, I kind of had known previously, like, I have just gotten some foundations. I have a lot to learn. But then jumping into a job and being like, oh, wow, I have even more to learn than I thought. Yeah, the world is so vast. Sure. Totally. And I think, too, I had been working just in JavaScript in my boot camp. And then in my Mm -hmm. current job, I'm still mostly working in JavaScript. But my coworkers work in like Ruby and Go and Rust. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot happening here. So for sure. Rambling answer, but... No, no, no. I, yeah, I, I totally understand. I feel like the nuances of it all it can be quite overwhelming. Totally. And so it's good to like dive deep into one, really know it well. And then also, once you pick your head up from that too, there are moments where you're like, oh, golly, there's a lot out there. But yep. for sure. I think back to the 100 hours at the boot camp, I went to a, one as well. And I remember hearing at the beginning, people had written letters to their loved ones and family members saying kind of like, I'm going to be MIA for this time period. Like, I love you. I just like can't really pull my weight in the support network that I used to. And I thought that that was pretty brilliant because I remember, you know, a couple months in feeling like, wow, I haven't checked in on like my family in a while. I I haven't had a phone call. (laughs) Just like that deep exhaustion that you feel when you're just, you know, in classroom all day and then working at night on the projects and you're living and breathing it. A new project each week and it's just, you know, so intense. And then add on learning computer science, like foundational whiteboarding on top of it. Like it's just a mess. So I just think it's those two things in particular adding together were so complicated for me but yeah 100 so on the other side of it yeah like Same. It's, <laughs> for sure well congratulations on finishing that program thank you i've heard great things about it oh good can you tell me more about what you do at assemble now Yeah, so I'm a front-end developer, um, so Mm -hmm. I create user interfaces and kind of set up front-end logic and things like that. Love CSS, so making, you know, like pixel-perfect implementations of the designs that our designer has put together. Great. Um, And I do that for a variety of clients, um, a lot of internal-facing apps for people as kind of general uh, internal tooling that people use, Mm -hmm. and then also some kind of more outward-facing projects as well. Well, that's awesome. And then how did you find, you know, maybe the job process, the hunt for finding it? So finding Assemble was actually a pretty, pretty chill process, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Great. That's what I want to hear. That's incredible. Yeah, I can't say that about the rest of my job hunt necessarily. But sure. this one was one that felt like it lined up really well, which was great. Mm-hmm. So with Codefellows, they have alumni group that you can be a part of if you are kind of properly prepped to be going through the phases of doing interviews. And the CEO posted that 
Assemble was hiring for a job. If we could get our resume uh, submitted to the posting, he could get our resume in front of the person hiring. If we did it by noon the next day, I was in the process of <laughs> building my portfolio at the time and had just recovered from a horrible case of norovirus. Uh, but I was like, okay, it's good. I want to get my job, my application in for this because it seems like a good opportunity that actually aligns really well with my yeah. skills. The company seems nice. So I just, you know, submitted. Yeah. And I submitted the materials that I hadn't polished quite yet. I mean, I guess I should say they were polished, but I was redoing everything. So I sure. submitted the old version of things, which I was kind of uncomfortable about, but it ended up working out great. It was a pretty, was enough. pretty yeah. good process. And yeah, I'm really happy to be on the team. Well, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm forever reworking my website. I feel like that's yeah. just like an <laughs> ever flowing thing. That's oh yeah. Morphing and just always want it to be better. I have a dear friend who has great notes in the source code when, you know, you inspect a website mm -hmm. to see in like notes to the developer, like, Hey, I see that you're looking here. That means you probably might want to employ me. Here's my resume. <laughs> and I think that is literally the most brilliant thing. That's great. He's a coworker at my job now. And he's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm always just impressed by what people can put out there for their portfolios. Yeah. It's such a creative expression for us all in mm -hmm. this industry. So I think it's a good tip for people to really kind of let that be an expression of themselves, especially if you're in the front end world. Yes. Okay. So how would you say that you're past as, well, we can even go back to fashion oh, student, yeah. but also marketing, you know, how have those two things helped you today in your role as an engineer? Yeah. So with the fashion design stuff, I don't find it quite as applicable <laughs> as some of my other experiences. Sure, 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 sure. You know, in a way, learning to write code is learning a craft and yes. learning fashion design very much that way as well. And I think mm -hmm. I can kind of draw some parallels between the two in terms of my learning experience. You know, I barely knew how to operate a sewing machine when I started mm. going to school for fashion design. And within a year and a half, I could make a ski jacket from scratch. <gasps> And so I think That's it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> so I think it's been kind of a good reminder for me to kind of have in the back of my mind of like, you've gone from zero to 100 before you can do it again. So that's kind of the biggest call. thing I've gotten from the fashion design. But in terms of the rest of my career with customer service and doing administrative work and doing marketing, I think so much of my career has been focused on people that I really think about coding and think about the products that I'm helping to build in terms of what users are going to think about them and what might be a comfortable experience versus what might not be. And so I think having that background really helps me put the user first and make really user-focused decisions in my coding process. I think being aware of who is using it, what they are trying to achieve is just such an important part of the process. And it makes mm -hmm. your code just so much more accessible and more engaging and thoughtful. So I think that that's really awesome that you're able to bring that to the table and something I'm sure your employer really appreciates. And your team too, I yeah. bet. Your just perspective is probably nuanced and different from theirs. Totally. Yeah. It was really nice to hear after I joined the team that one of the reasons they were excited about about me was because of my marketing background. So mm -hmm. it really just kind of helped reaffirm that even though I come from a different background, there is a lot of pieces of it that are still really valuable, even in this new career. And that they're like stoked to have that there and that it's not a negative 
there are toxic environments where it's like, well, you don't have a CS degree. Sorry, that's right. like not going to work well for us. But it sounds like your team, your coworkers are all excited about the fact that you're coming in with this different lens and that that's going to diversify maybe their thought process or just the way that they even see a problem. And so that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely thankful to be on a team that appreciates all of that. I feel like that is just like, for me, it's a resounding message I want people to hear is like, find your place where they adore and appreciate yep. what you're bringing to the table in your past, your history and your story. So yeah, cool. Okay. So let's see, can you share any life lessons that you've learned from your transition to tech? Gosh, I think the biggest one is probably just remember to be kind to yourself. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. It's a really, it's a really hard process. There's mm-hmm, parts yeah. of learning to code that are smooth sailing. And then there's parts where you're just kind of banging your head against the wall. And I think when you've come from a background where you've done jobs where you just kind of inherently have certain skills or skills Mm -hmm. that you've built up over the course of all of your pre-college education, like writing and things like that. I think it's a hard I think it's a hard transition to go into something where you don't have that foundation of information and not just get caught in the trap of, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to do this? Have I made the right decision? I think you really have to pick out the little nuggets when you're learning of, I made this thing and it was really cool and exciting. And like, wow, the day goes by really fast when I'm doing this kind of work. And like, Mm -hmm. oh, I really like thinking about these kinds of problems. Because if you get too mired down in the not knowing, it can feel really overwhelming. So just be kind to your yourself and remember, you know, put it into perspective. If you're talking to your colleagues who have eight or 15 years of experience, like, oh my gosh, yeah, there's gonna, the relativity. Yeah, like there's going to be things that you just don't totally understand yet. And that's okay. Just, you know, sure. pile that little bit of information in the back of your brain. And later on, you'll be like, oh, that's what that was about. Okay, great. I'm going to apply this information now. Yeah, have a log somewhere where you write down all the things you don't know, and then just let it go and return to it every once in a while. I mean, I think that that's a great point, though, that there's always going to be something that we don't know in this industry. And so it's easy the moment that we do achieve something to start thinking then about the things that we don't or another thing that we don't understand. And so I think we must pause, celebrate those little victories. I like to keep a weekly log of things that I didn't understand at the beginning of the week and then reflect on it or even the beginning of the month, whatever it is, reflect on it and say like, oh, I... I now understand that and really cherish those moments and like sit in that and feel good about and proud of it because yeah, it's just too easy to get overwhelmed like continuously and just feel bogged down and not even like put yourself first in those moments. So I hear you. Okay. So then can you tell me about a time you felt like an outsider and maybe how you've dealt with those feelings? Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I don't think I've had as much of that experience as a lot of folks who are entering the industry usually have. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is because with my last position doing marketing at a JavaScript consultancy, mm-hmm. I was already kind of immersed in that world. And I had yeah. friends and former colleagues that I could reach out to for advice and as a sounding board and things like that. So I think because I was fortunate enough to have that experience and have a lot of people kind of rooting for me during the process, I think it helped me feel like I did belong rather than feeling like I was an outsider. For sure. But you know, certainly I've been at 
an occasional meetup where I'm like, oh, God, I don't know anything or like, wow, this isn't a very friendly group. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, in those situations, I think for the most part, I've been able to kind of count those as a one off fluke. But I guess if anybody was kind of feeling like an outsider in this field, I think trying to find people who are like minded and people who Mm -hmm. kind of represent the background that you're coming from things along those lines can really help you find community that will help you feel more included. For sure. And I've discovered recently that not every community is the same as in not Mm -hmm. every language community is the same and have like been amazed by how incredible Python's community is and just so welcoming everyone is and in the same goes for Ruby, but that's not the same for every single language and not all of them are welcoming to beginners. So just keep searching, I think. If you have a negative experience, that might be about that group or whatever it is. And I don't mean to belittle or minimize bad experiences someone might have, but just there are really, really great ones. And I just have been so impressed by some that wildly welcoming and want diversity in it and new people there and new ways of thinking and just so are, are so hungry for it and appreciative of it. So definitely exists out there. It's an interesting point too, you speaking on working at a JavaScript consultancy. I think that's not a bad idea for someone who's curious about the industry in general, just to like, or even get a foot in the door in that regard. That's a great way just to see what like engineers are working on every day too, to see what kind of be able to spy in on it on yeah. it and see what it's like. I bet that was really, really valuable. And then to even have coworkers or friends that yeah are in it, I just think there's always a benefit to knowing people that are in the space doing it, especially going through a boot camp. So you can be like, hey, I have a question. I don't understand this. Yep. But 100%. <laughs> oh, I'm envious of that. We called those technically adjacent folks in my oh, boot camp. And yep. I was someone who was <laughs> not and knew no one in my world that was into coding. And so yeah. I was always envious of the, my friends that would go home to their partners at oh night gosh, get help with their homework. And I was like, you. Yeah. We, we had a few people in my cohort who they had like a brother who was a developer and they oh, lived with yeah. their brother or their oh husband was a developer for like the last 10 years. And, you know, it was nice having people I could reach out to and like send a text and be like, I'm really confused. But I was like, wow, some people just get to go home and be go like, home to let's that. sit down and do oh some God. private tutoring. Oh, I remember <laughs> someone being like, well, he codes in Java, so it's really different. And I was like, okay, he understands the <laughs> concepts of opening a terminal and Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, I could go on for that forever, but I, there's no reason. We made it. We survived. Like, why dwell on the past? Okay, Heck onward yeah. and upward <laughs> we go. Anyway, so let's see. Do you have any advice for those that are wanting to transition into tech that you could share? Yeah, I mean, I think in addition to my previous advice of be kind to yourself. Yes, for sure. I think I really cannot understate how helpful it is to network in order to get your mm. first tech job. I would say with very few exceptions, the majority of the companies I had interviews for were companies where I had some sort of contact. Mm -hmm. Some of those people were folks that I knew from my previous job who were working in different places. And some of them were people that over the course of the time I was in the program at Codefellows, I had met at meetups or conferences or things along those lines. And I think when you're new, you just need that little extra push to get your foot in the door And I think having somebody who can speak highly of you really kind of helps that along. Yeah, for sure. It's an advocate that you already have then. And it just is someone to look at your resume and and you'll do the work to get yourself into the door. But it's just like that first call, that first technical screen that really, really can help things along. Exactly. I mean, that's how you and I met, for example, at a conference 
here locally in Seattle. And so I just think there's always a benefit to kind of in the beginning, putting yourself out there and making those connections for sure, which yeah. is tough. Like I definitely have to acknowledge that that's not easy for everyone. Oh so yeah. It, it's very vulnerable making. Yeah. Introducing <sighs> yourself to total strangers is not oh the easiest thing to do, but when you can find some sort of common point, like I had a question for you about your talk. I also wanted to chat about both being Virgos and having the same last name because what a coincidence. For sure. <laughs> so I think if you can just like pick up on some little nugget where you can connect with the other person it really helps. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. So yeah, just pay attention to those little yeah. little moments for sure. Okay, well, Becca, make your shout out. What would you like listeners in our community to go check out? Yeah, so I would love to plug the meetup I help organize, Write, Speak, Code. I help organize the Seattle chapter. Yeah. We're going to be kind of on hiatus for the next month and a half or so, kind of on the tail of the big annual conference that happens with all of the chapters and anybody else who wants to attend. But we will have our big event for the year. It's called Own Your Expertise coming up either in late September or early October. So awesome. stay tuned for that. It's a really great way for folks to get involved in the community and Part of the reason I became an organizer is because it is just such a supportive space for women, non-binary folks, other underrepresented genders in tech. And so it really feels like a nice fit and a nice home to have as a meetup. That's awesome because there are so many meetups even that want people to get involved in. And so it's neat that you found one that really resonates with you and that you can be involved in and see a great impact. And yeah. I can definitely vouch for I love the events that you all put on. Oh, so thank good. you for throwing them because I've gotten a lot out of them myself and CFP writing workshops. Mm -hmm. Really incredible. I feel like I have grown myself as a developer, but also as a human by attending those meetups. So I think that that is really kind of get you a meetup that can do both. Oh kind of thing. That's so, so great to hear. <laughs> of course, of course. Okay, Becca, where can people find you online? Oh, gosh, probably easiest to find on Twitter. My Twitter <laughs> handle is the T-H-E underscore Becca, B-E-C-C-A underscore Lee, L-E-E. -E. Awesome. Very good. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. I am so excited to know you and to be able to share the wisdom that, you're, that you've gleaned over the past couple of years with the audience. So thank you so much, Becca. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting. Of course. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. And that's a wrap on another episode of We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts and check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.